world. I'm Shawa Evans. And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black, black Hipster, Hipster, where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, black gay pop culture, and, and sometimes, sometimes other shit. shit. Okay. <laughs> I just needed it. to get through that. We got it. Because I, it, it took everything in me not to just <laughs> laugh so hard. Yeah, she was messing up so much. And <laughs> I'm glad you got it together. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know how many takes we did for that intro. Yeah, just bad. Now. I don't know what was wrong with me. <laughs> oh, it's quite entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's a long weekend. It's hot as hell. It is hot. Yeah, it's like we nearly we, had ninety degrees. Oh today. my god! It but it was kind of annoying because it was really humid, mm-hmm. and it's we talk about how it's cold and we're annoyed and we want the summer. Yeah. But it's like, but we go straight from like forty degrees to eighty eight and humid. And it's yeah. like no one wants that. Yeah, like it can it just be eighty two mm-hmm. and just be pretty? Yeah, we had maybe like two three <laughs> days of like seventy degree weather where it was nice, and then now today. <clears throat> And then it's just like, okay, now it's humid. But I think tomorrow (laughs) is supposed to be a little bit better. I I hope so. I felt like when the sun went down, like when the sun went away behind the clouds, then it got really humid to me. Oh, really? I I felt like it felt better. It felt better, and then, you know, it started raining. But before that, to me, we were walking, and the sun was away. And I was like, oh, the sun's going down, because we were trying to get to the park. And then the sun was gone, and then it just got really just oppressive in a way, like heat. Probably because it was going to rain. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Yeah. it rained like an hour and a half after that. But, I mean, I don't complain because I'm like, listen, I hate the cold. I loathe the cold. But I feel like I'm going to be one of those old people who can't go outside when it's too hot. You know, old people stay in their homes because it's too hot. And then they're like, what, at a heat... a heat um, risk, like of a... I don't know, do they have heat stroke? Yeah, heat stroke's a real thing. I almost had heat stroke in Africa. I believe you do, but when old people, when they die, is it heat stroke that kills them? Do they even get to the stroke before they die? Is that horrible? I don't really know. Okay. I mean, I'm not a medical professional, so I can't really not? speak okay. on it. Okay. I'm not. Yeah, I, surprisingly. Surprisingly. I okay. am not a medical professional. Interesting. So Interesting. I don't know. I'm not exactly 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just realized that I bought some boots. A little while ago that I have never worn. And they're, like, they're so cute. And I was just like looking over at some things. And I'm like, I got some boots I have yet to break out. How long ago did you buy them? Do you remember? It was the end of boot season because they were on sale. And I was very excited. Like the boot season this past boot season? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Were anyway, they like winter boots digressed. that you couldn't wear them like two weeks ago when we were like in the 40s? No, I could have worn them. I just, they're like high heel they're like um, like cheetah print, sort of gem blinged out. Like oh, they they sound real classy. That's <laughs> <laughs> cheetah you know, print I can make them out. cute. Like, what? I can make them really like cute. You. I would never buy some crazy hot well, mess. Or they so- could be a crazy mess, but I'll make them look cute. Yeah, when you say blinged out, then I'm immediately thinking of rhinestones because you just said cheetah. Right, but they're not like rhinestones. Yes, right, it's um, just, it's hard to describe, but. But hey, listen, you saw those over-the-knee ones that I have that have almost like the fishnet stocking over them. I make them shits work. They're pre- thigh-high. I'm pretty sure. Have I seen these before? Uh, I think so. They're like thigh-high, like tan patent leather, and they're basically covered by like a fishnet stocking. Oh, I have, you have to show me these because they sound very... What color? I just said they're like tan. Oh, you did say tan. You did say tan. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I make them work, okay? I'm pretty sure you do. They I pop. see you make some things work. They definitely. pop. You they have pop. vision. Yes. Yes. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of 
thigh high over the knee boots. All right. Where, where are we going with this? We gonna Church. be talking. We talking about Beyonce. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could have said we talk about Dionne Warwick. Yeah, that would have been yes, funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but now we need to talk about the Dionne Warwick Beyonce situation. Yes, Dionne Warwick. Who is? How old is Dionne Warwick now? Dionne Warwick is like almost eighty, I yes. believe. She's an yeah. older woman. Has been a, a singer. Has been around for what forty, thirty years? Probably a, a, a minute in this oh, game. Yeah, yeah, quite some time. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so she recently did an interview with Essence, mm-hmm. and in the interview, she was asked if she thought Beyonce was an icon or like what she thought about Beyonce, something to that degree, and she basically said she didn't think that Beyonce was an icon and that. Yeah. More so, she also says she didn't think Beyonce would be an icon. Yes. And Beyonce, the Beehive Joe ragged her. I mean, like, came so hard for her. Yeah. On Twitter especially, like, the things that people say, it's it's actually Mm mind-boggling that people think that it's okay to say that to another human being because they had an opinion that differs. Yeah. (laughs) Like... It's crazy, but um, I think it's just things got out of hand when Mrs. Warwick uh, basically said that Essence set her up and threw her under the bus, and that that wasn't what she said. That it was, you know, pulled out of context. And um, yeah, she she had posted. She I think she took a screenshot or something, and she posted it, and she was like. You see, what I said is in quotations. What Essence said is not. So basically saying, like, Essence tried to throw a little stank on oh, it. and it, But it wasn't what she said. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very much just kind of like, eh, well. That, because then what do you do? What does a publication do when they have someone who is notable in the community doing something like that? Do they sort of take the hit for it and say, it, this person matters a little bit more than... Not we, not not we do, but you have to be right. a little diplomatic. Right, you you do always have to be diplomatic, and you don't want to tarnish those relationships, especially just because you know I can't speak on it too much for obvious reasons. But you know, when you when you sit down with someone, especially like someone like Dionne Warwick, who's been in the game for so long, who is a positive figure in the black community, it is never with the intent to do any harm or cause any ill, mm-hmm. and that's towards or on their behalf so when something like this happens you know obviously as a publication you have to be able to stand by well no this was what was said Mm -hmm. you know like we didn't in any way like hyperbolize what you said this was what you said this is the record Mm -hmm. y'all need the transcripts here's the receipts like but at the same time it's like it's not worth it for you sometimes as the publication to go there with someone um the thing for me is disappointing again, like, because we kind of spoke about this the other day that I wish that she hadn't backtracked, like, oh, I didn't say this. They're making it this thing that I didn't say. Mm-hmm. I wish she would have just been like, I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. And I stick by that. This is the thing because um, the talk played the video, mm-hmm. they played the clip. So it's very clear what she, what said. she said. There's no mistaking what comes out of her mouth. Yeah. There's no way to take that out of context. Mm-hmm. Not from the clip that That's the clear. that the talk showed. Yeah. There's no taking anything out of context. 
But I don't think that there's anything wrong with what she said. Mm-hmm. I think it is 100% okay. Because it's her opinion. Right. And she said it in a not... I think sometimes when you say things in a very matter-of-fact or, you know, this is how I feel, this is my... And she, she also wasn't like, oh, she's a horrible person. She's, she's disgusting. She said, listen, I love her. I think she's talented. I respect her talent. Right. I love all that she's done. Right. She just didn't agree with it. <clears throat> right. If she doesn't think Beyonce will ever be an icon, that's Dionne Warwick's opinion. <laughs> and I think that that's okay. We've gotten to the point where people can't have an opinion yeah. that goes against, I guess, the crowd. The it, it it's everything isn't going to be a consensus, and it's unfortunate that these folks would actually think to come for this almost eighty year old woman mm-hmm. because she said that. And it's just like, so what? Yeah. It's not going to stop Beyonce's money. It's not going to stop her career. Dionne Warwick, it, like, doesn't have any sort of bearing on Beyonce's uh, concert sales. Yeah. And so if she says this thing is damaging for Beyonce's career, not at all. Yeah. So, and then again, like she didn't even frame it in a negative context. It was like, oh, you know, she was asked something and she very plainly said it. And she said, you know, not to take away from her talent. I think she's lovely. I think she's amazing. I think she does great work. But no, she said that kind of icon status, like a Gladys Knight, a Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah. She's like, that takes a lot of time. A lot of that, time. that is a, a, long, lot of, a long game. Yeah. Right. And that was t- her point that now she just, she's not going to get there. Yeah, right now in her career, where she is, she needs to put in more time. I think that's what she was mainly talking about. And also, she did throw in um, the part about making any uh, making iconic songs and thinking, right. okay, lasting well, music. lasting music. And would people, She, I think she said either 10 years down the line, she said, are people going to be singing the songs that the artists are coming out with now? And she doesn't feel like they are. And I can, I can understand, unless we have new classics, I suppose. Like, people do renditions of them. There will be classics, but they... No, like, who's, who's made a classic in the last, I don't know, like, 10 years? Well, it's, can, a, can a song become a classic in 10 years? Like It can, but do you think Diva is going to be a classic in 20 years? No. Right. Do you no. think 7-Eleven is going to be a classic? Oh, honey, yeah, they're going to be a in classic. In 10 years, like, you know, so I get what Kitty she's cat. saying in that's that gonna be a cla- That's going to be a classic. <laughs> Kitty cat. Green light. Green light, girl. Blow. Yes. Yes. I ain't sorry. Right. Like, and listen, somebody gonna try to come for us, right? Because this, this, according to them, this will be us shading Beyonce, right? Versus us just having an opinion. Mind you, the two of us, we love some Beyonce. Yeah, but everyone has their opinion about something. Just, she's in this industry and you have to have, what is it, um some criteria to judge by which you judge people. So I'm pretty sure everyone in the music industry, Quincy Jones could come out and say, you know what, Beyonce is okay. She's not my favorite. She works hard, but just not my type of music. And I'm pretty sure people will come for him. And They will come for yeah. him and completely ignore the fact that Quincy Jones has created legends. Legends, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and be extremely dismissive of the fact that he actually has an opinion that it, it's it's not completely unfounded. It's not exactly. based on him just pulling something out of his ass. It's yeah. like, and I feel like that's the same with Dionne Warwick. It's like they've been around for a while and they've seen things and they've heard things and they know things. Yeah. So, you know, they work with very talented people like Beyonce. It's right. Just, it's not like 
they're just in some yeah vacuum and she's like no they work with plenty of people these she's she knows Whitney she knew Whitney Houston she that was her cousin um, wasn't that her wasn't cousin? she her aunt or god aunt or I thought a cousin or something like I don't that. know yeah they yeah. were they had a familial <laughs> connection some sort of family yeah tie. some sort of family yes. tie. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that's one of the greatest singers of all time. And she knew, pretty sure she was in the company of so many legendary people. I think she was like, no. Pretty sure, I wonder who wouldn't she consider, who's been around for as long as Dionne Warwick, that she would not consider a legend. I wonder. I can't Oh, that make... would be interesting. Well, because I mean, that you know, would be those funny. old divas are a little shady, <laughs> They too. are. Yeah, and I said, I wonder if Patti LaBelle had said it, if folks would come for her the same way. Because Patty's a diva. Like, like there are certain divas. Like, Aretha Franklin was one that you knew not to come for. Oh, yeah. Aretha Franklin would be, like, the equivalent of, like, our Rihanna. Like, um. she was the Rihanna for those ladies. <laughs> like, you knew better because she would tear you up. Yeah. Like, Aretha was not here for it. Yeah, she and you like, knew it. Yeah, but she also, Aretha seemed like she's, I mean, I don't know. I know, like, they talk about how she didn't like to travel to certain places. How she wanted to pay you in a certain way. Like, I think she carried a purse around. Like, you see the picture where she's tried to take a, she's taking the picture on the red carpet. And, you know, usually you have a press person, a, a publicist with you, or whoever uh-huh. who will hold yourself. Or even, like, a handler yeah, who no. just stays with you. Aretha was carrying her bag, <laughs> and she put her bag right next to the seven repeat, adjusted her jacket, and went over and started taking pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> and it wasn't, like, a small bag. <laughs> and then it was like, it's like, this is your mama's bag where she has all the bills. And I your, can't. The, the pills and everyone's information. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said they said that she did not play, and um, she was very stubborn and stuck in her ways. And she was an icon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it is too, though. Maybe Dionne Warwick is like, listen, I've seen some icons in the making, and they were they were uh, like light years ahead of <laughs> of Beyonce in terms of their diva persona. Yes. There she is at this age. Mm-hmm. She's like, Mm-mm, she got too much catching up to do at this point. I don't think baby girl gonna make it. She's like, she's too kind. Yeah. <laughs> she's too nice. She's, she's nice. still out here dancing. She's yeah, you, like, you do no. wonder that, I guess, because you have all of these women now, <laughs> not women, but just celebrities or singers who are making great music. Mm-hmm. And when do they when do they become iconic? When do they become legends? Because you think about, I think that Beyonce will be. A legend, and it's not necessarily doesn't necessarily mean to me. Will people be singing her music later on? Because I don't think people will be singing all of Mariah Carey songs. No. Number one, because they can't sing her music, and they could not. So does I think she's a legend because of what she's achieved and right. how long she's been in the game. Right, I agree, and I think that Beyonce, who's the, Beyonce, is the most popular person in the world right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Like I think legit. Definitely one like, of the most popular. Right. Yeah. Like, but definitely in music, in music and, and yes. women in music, Beyonce is the most popular yeah. woman in music in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you can't take that away from her, and and she's been doing it for a minute. Yeah. Like she, it's not like oh, it's Beyonce this month or this year. But in 2021, you know, and eh, we're not really going to care about anything Beyonce's doing or she'll be irrelevant. And it's just like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. I think at some point, yes, she's going to decide to fade to the back. But that's going to be when she's already at that status. When she's already like, she's untouchable. She was, She's one of the greatest. And yeah, I just, again, I feel like. Dionne Warwick is free to say whatever the hell she wants. Yeah. And people can feel like she's wrong. I don't necessarily agree with her, 
but I don't feel the need to come for her. I feel like it's just one of those things where it's just like, if you're that much of a Beyonce fan, all you need to just say is like, well, guess what, Dionne Warwick? Beyonce's amazing. She's going to prove you wrong. Or I feel like you're already, you've already been proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But we can't just come out and just be dragging people. And then it's like this lack of respect yeah. for like legends and great people who have been doing this who paved for, the way for right, a lot of these things. Right. And then for me, I you know, I'm I'm gonna be protective of my aunties, my mom and my whatever, so I am gonna feel even more inclined to be pissed about you come trying to come and drag her as a as she is a black woman. She yeah. is an older black woman mm-hmm. who the black community has a certain respect for. So for all you like Becky's and Megan's and Amber's out there, you know what I'm saying, that have not been listening to black music. Right. You do not know and understand her contribution Mm -hmm. or what she's done for Beyonce to be able to even do what she does. Amber, Becky, uh, Megan, Mm -hmm. I will check you. I will come and check the fuck out of you. Do not be disrespectful. That's my auntie. Don't play yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there's some of that, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they don't know. They have no idea how <coughs> how the influence that she's had over even Beyonce herself is just you know and I think I don't know it's just we're just in this culture where I think people with social media are very quick to to want to put out there how they feel about an issue everything everything <laughs> and it's just like listen listen to me I want to be heard of all of this noise I want to be a part of this there's so much going on I, attention is everyone's talking about something and their way of sort of putting in their two cents is, going, I think, to a certain extent, like going to trolling mm-hmm. and just putting out how they feel. Just, oh, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm annoyed. I love this. This is how I feel because this is I'm being my real authentic self right here. I'm putting it out there. If you don't like it, don't say it. And it's just like, it's, it's not like, necessary. why don't you just do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> not necessary. Well, I mean, you know, we obviously come up, you and I have come up in a generation that it's like, well, we can appreciate social media to some degree, right? Because let's be honest, like, I love looking at funny memes on Instagram. And J.R. Ellis had this this video of the Mm. little boy. Did you see it with the little boy is dancing with the mannequin? And the hand falls off. And and he screams. It's so funny. Now I want to watch it. You have to watch it. It's hilarious. Um, It's just really cute cute and really funny. So, like, stuff like that, like, I can love and I can appreciate, but I'm not too much here for just, like, sometimes you follow somebody and it's like, if this chick posts one more damn selfie of her making this stupid face, and it's like, sometimes you know those people, like, it's your friends, and you love them, bless their soul, Mm -hmm. but you're like, all they do is post pictures of themselves trying to be cute, and then the worst part is like, and then you're forced to participate. What do you mean? Like, it's just like, okay, well, you know, you have to be on social media, and you have to, you know, be out there and doing certain things, and like, let's say you're on vacation, and you take this what you think is this beautiful, like, picture of the Coliseum or yeah. something, and you post it, and then it's like, eh, 14 people like that. But then you post a <laughs> selfie of you at some, you know, random restaurant, oh, you're in Italy, but you could be anywhere, yes. and then you get, like, 318 likes. And you're like, people only like it when I post stupid selfies it, and pictures of myself. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't, because we are <laughs> visual. Instagram is only visual, so it's, it's kind right. of like, yeah, why are you liking the pictures. I don't know what it is about the selfie game. I think people just like to see beautiful things, beautiful people, and it's more about just the surroundings. I think with the surroundings, it seems like 
because there's an element of when we see a beautiful picture, if you're not really appreciative of that, it's like, well, that just looks like any other pretty thing. There are tons of pretty pictures of places and mm -hmm. destinations on Instagram. And I think it, when people see, pe when you see a person that you either know or that you, I think it makes it a little bit more relatable. People definitely relate more to photos of other people. Yeah. That's general. That's scientific. Mm -hmm. However, I'm just like, there are some extremely dynamic pictures, not a selfie of me, mm -hmm. that can be taken, that can be just as beautiful and interesting, but people do not care. Like, they don't care. It's like, post more selfies. <laughs> That's and true. It's just like, so then it, it forces that. And, and then you go through your timeline and you scroll through your joy, and it's just like, all it is is just pictures of people thinking they're cute. But I think, too, because, you know, Instagram works, I think it depends on the audience, your audience. Because you go to, you know, just, I follow a lot of different artists, and, and you know, those people getting a good amount of likes, too. I think they're just in a certain community. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're a regular person, and it's just your life, you know, regular people who are, you're not, you're not an influencer in the way of, you know, fashion or anything. It's just your life. The most things that you're going to get liked is just you, you and your, yourself. If you came up with a craft, like say you were posting, say you started writing, I don't know, maybe you were putting up excerpts from your book, or, you know, just different no things. one is like no, 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 no. From a book. I'm pretty sure there's no. But <laughs> say you were, say you're at this point in your career where it depends, where you're much more well, you're much more known. I'm pretty sure there are people who are going to go there, and then they're going to be liking that because they know who you are, and it's like it's easier to just go to you know, your page and go, oh, I know who she is. I know what she's about. I'm liking this. I love this passage. So this has moved me and this has made me think about this versus they just happen upon your page and it's like, oh, she's a pretty girl. Like, <laughs> you know, versus right. like, she, I think that's what it is. Right. But then the issue for me is like, then it just forces that that's all we see. That's why it's like that's everything true. is so homogenous. There's no diversity in what we're looking at mm -hmm. in these pictures and it's, so frustrating and annoying yeah. but then again then it's just like oh well if you're trying to grow a following and all this other stuff then you're forced to participate and you can try all you want to be like no i'm gonna post excerpts of my book and it's like and no one likes them <laughs> and no one follows you it's, it's <laughs> like, hard. yeah and the way instagram their algorithm now is different i think the more you like you know whoever's you know your followers the people who are following you they won't see your content, of course, all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if they're, it's just like no. Now they, the more they interacted with it. So say you posted three shots back to back, and they were like, "Oh, love those, love those, love those." Now your feed, your content is going to appear more often on their page. Versus if you posted like five things for the week of those three things, and they didn't really interact with them, they didn't like them because they just did it, then you're now going to appear in their um, feed less, which is unfair because maybe they're just like, I love her. I just wasn't feeling her last couple of posts. That doesn't mean that they are not a fan. And I think that's, it's interesting how they change their algorithm. It is true, and it sucks because I know for me, there are people who I'm like, I know I follow this person. Are they just not posting? Yeah. And then I go to their page and I'm like, they post like five times a day, every day for the past eight months. Mm -hmm. None of these came up in my feed and I guess I wasn't liking their pictures a lot. And I feel like I don't like a lot of stuff because I'm just on there to browse. Yeah, you're like, on there to browse. Like, I'm that girl. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not buying anything. Just looking around. <laughs> That's me on yes. Instagram. So I'm like, I'm not liking too much stuff. I'm just looking at things. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't realize. It's like, oh, is that why I'm not seeing all these people's feeds? That and it sucks. Makes, 
it makes people like because once you know about the, the algorithm oh. it makes you think oh my gosh I want to like this stuff at least for me because sometimes I'll I want to like it because I want to see more of it but then there are some people who go by and it's like I wasn't feeling their last post but I'm not done with you I'm still I'm still following you I want to see more but then you have to search exactly but the problem is, is that you have to just play this social media game or Instagram game. specifically you, yeah. because it's it's like I can't just be authentic about what I like no. so if you post a picture and I don't like it. I'm just like, this is a stupid picture. Exactly. I still have to, I have to like it just to keep you in my feed, which mm-hmm. is ridiculous because I don't want to keep you in my feed if you keep posting stuff like this. And if enough people like it, you're going to think, oh, people <laughs> like this. And then this is the crap you're going to be posting. Exactly. Then you're going to change. And right. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's an issue. That's a problem. That's a little problematic for me. I, wa- <laughs> I wonder, though, what is the, what is the, um, sort of the ratio? How many pictures can you not interact with on someone's feed like what are the different levels like say you didn't like their last three pictures then they show you only what 75 percent of their content mm-hmm. you know versus what is their sort of criteria for how they sort of uh, it's so interesting i really so now i realize i need to start liking more pictures because this is why certain people just aren't uh-huh. popping up in my damn i mean like to the point where it was like yes yeah, someone like beyonce won't mm-hmm. pop up in my feed because i'm not just liking all her pictures because i'm just beyonce, like i'm looking at them yeah there's like eight million people like this picture mm-hmm. i just feel like my little like don't matter well, <laughs> like, they, they are on I it because like, you are not man. getting shown yeah they're not showing you <laughs> so that it makes sense why it's like i gotta actually go to beyonce's instagram to see what she up to yeah, i do that see exactly i do that sometimes like oh i like so-and-so's pictures are the worst is when you forget also, too, when you see someone come up your feet, you're like, I don't remember following this right. at all. What is this? You're like, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I'm not crazy just clicking on yes. shit. And I'm like, no, this was an accident. This was some glitch in the matrix because... I feel like also, too, though, with those um, companies and those programs where people buy followers oh, and they buy likes, that sometimes they... They ha- like I don't know if they're hacking your thing, um, yeah. and then they have you like accounts or follow accounts mm-hmm. and stuff that you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I, I think that's happening because I know for sure there are people. I'm like, I know I did not yeah. follow. And you're like, trash. A, you, and then you'll go to their uh, page and you're like, I don't even remember what this is. Right. Like, or oh, they I- have like twelve posts. Yeah, and you're like, no, <laughs> no, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of whack like that. Um, I do want to make sure though before we we go off too much more on social media. This is very related, but I want to talk about cancel culture. Okay, yeah, because that's another thing very much related to what we were talking about with Dion Warwick, yes, and also with this social media shit. And I'm I'm canceling cancel culture. How about that? Like it's canceled. So explain, I'm done with explain it. Explain again what is canceled. This whole idea of like. People don't have the opportunity to redeem themselves. And if you do something wrong, you're canceled. Yeah. Like, it's just too many times where I'm hearing, you know, oh, so-and-so, they're canceled. And, like, I'm being told Mm -hmm. that this is canceled. I am not to interact with this as a black woman or as a black person. Gucci's canceled. Mm -hmm. I mean, R. Kelly's different. R. Kelly's canceled. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, versus... I'm free to make my own decision about that. It's well, very much a, just so you know, it's it's a putting you on notice. This thing, we don't fuck with this thing, so just so you know, if you do, you're on the out. It's funny because I was just thinking when you said that, depending on who it is, like, talk about, uh, I don't know, R. Kelly's not even a thing. But 
yeah, it's like you can in the end do, of course, what you want to do. But mm-hmm. I also think, do we think about the greater good? To me, I would just have hesitation if I think, okay, well, I really like this, but how much damage do I feel like they've done? How much damage have of other people feeling like they've done? And then you have to weigh all those things. I don't. I enjoy what this person is putting out, and I enjoy this person. Now I gotta back away. Like the Cosby Show, good example mm-hmm. to me. Of oh, you of, mean people still watching it now after Bill Cosby? People still watching it, and then because some people say, okay, well, you can't take. You can kind of separate the artist from the 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 art, and some people say, no, you can't. They go, no, you can't. Mm-hmm. That you can't. Yeah, that's and that's tricky. Al and tricky. I have that conversation often because. He feels very much like you can separate the artist from the art, and I'm like, bruh. I think when a person, when I think when a person starts doing things that affect other humans and mm-hmm. their livelihood, then it's just like, of course, well, they probably are putting out these great things which are benefiting people in a lot of ways. But can we, at that point, I think we need to. It's like one life over like you know a thousand. It's right. like no, they're doing things to destroy people's lives. And yes, they may be. It may be beneficial to thousands of other people who have no idea what they're going on. But is it worth it? Are we okay with throwing away someone's life to benefit up to benefit more? I don't know. I think to some degree that's what it is. Is that some people are, but the cancel culture has sort of emerged. I think kind of as a subculture because that was that was happening. Right? Mm-hmm. It was the people. On the bottom felt like, you know what, all these people on the top have all this control and they're allowing people to be garbage people and to be monsters Mm -hmm. and to treat us like we are subhuman because they get to benefit from it, mostly monetarily. Mm -hmm. And we're not having it. We're not having it anymore. So we're going to cancel them because they need us. If we decide not to participate and not to to interact with it, they can't make money. So if they decide they want to treat us like shit, cancel them. And it's just like, I think it's just kind of taken on a life of its own. <laughs> yeah. As most things will do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if, it, if they lack control, they'll run wild like a fire. Yeah. So I think that's what happened. There's no control. Because it's like, well, if you're going to decide that there's this cancel culture, right? Who's in charge of it? Who says at what point something is an issue enough that it is to get canceled? Exactly. No one. So essentially no one means everyone. Mm -hmm. But everyone means no one. So uh, it just has this ridiculousness. But it's like people, how quick they are to check you on something, that's canceled. You know, and it's just like that's canceled for who? Yeah. I have not canceled that for me. So thank you, but no thank you. I'm going to continue on, yeah. as I was saying. It, it goes back to everyone <laughs> wanting to feel like they have an opinion. And you no, everyone does have an opinion. I think what it, it, it seems like, especially that, I don't know, canceling culture, I'm pretty sure, happens mainly over social media, Twitter and mm-hmm. Instagram. And people are people need to pay attention, I think, to, they need to take things more in context. And you can't believe, you can't believe everything that you read and everything you see. And you need to, I think, take a couple of moments and think about it. And just the fact that there are a lot of crazy ass people on social media <laughs> and they jump on Canceling stuff. Everything. Cancel yeah, they, they cancel everything and then it becomes and then I think some person who knows a little bit more about what's going on in the world may see something that was created by someone who was crazy, who was like, We canceling this and they jumped on the bandwagon because they're getting false information. I think it's a lot of stuff. You just have to be careful about what you're reading and what you're following mm-hmm. and what you're subscribing to. Yeah, uh, me and I would talk about that and we were saying it's interesting because 
people are quick to cancel and it's just like they don't even have the information yeah, yeah. it's like they heard it from this person who heard it from this person who heard from like I'm talking you get to be about 12 degrees of separation mm-hmm. at that point from the actual thing I said that's how Aziz Ansari got swept into all that me too stuff yeah. and it was just like when you actually went back and, and realized what had happened it was like wait a minute Aziz Ansari didn't rape anybody yeah. whoa like this is not the same thing mm-hmm. and but people it was like it was the angry mob that's what cancel culture is it's the angry mob and it's crazy because to me i feel like that's the lack of an opinion that's a complete opposite of having an opinion mm-hmm. it's you just going along it's, it's you it jumping on a bandwagon yeah. where is your actual opinion about this get the information and then form an opinion the problem is as soon as someone has an opinion that is not that of the crowd then they're a problem, mm-hmm. and then they need to be canceled. So it's it's so crazy it and ridiculous, and I think it's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. I have to stop myself. I think when I hear certain things, and when I and I've learned that just from being around lots of people, you being one of them. I think when if I hear something, and then someone will, you know, I read about something, or I'm talking about something with people an issue. And then I'm going back and forth about it. And I'll feel one way. And then maybe I'll come to you and you go, well, what about this? And I go, girl, I didn't think about that. I was, <laughs> I was feeling a kind of what, you know, I was upset about something or, you know, very much not looking. I think it just takes a moment, I think, to see everything. And it's easy. It's been very easy for me, I think, to jump on the bandwagon when it's within reason. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a crazy person. <laughs> but I think it is when I see people being upset about something. I go, I can understand that. I can see how that's upset. I know I, I've had to take a step back. I've had to learn, teach myself to do this, to take a step back and go, okay, what's really going on here? What's going on with the other side? Where am I getting this information from? I have to, I have to take a moment because it's easy for me to get swept up in that. I think yeah. it is for a lot of people. Yes, and exact, that's exactly it. But I think social media also, too, for the most part, it's run by really young people. <laughs> uh, it is. like It's, it's dominated by like particularly young people and like who keep it going is what you mean like keep it robust and not the people who are actually like owning these. no like oh, okay, not, okay. The, not, not Facebook like not Instagram yes. like no which is all the same thing yeah no I mean like the people who keep it going people who keep it relevant mm-hmm. right kind of who yeah who They're give it a voice and, yeah and I think that's just the nature of people under a certain age. That's how they react. They're so spirited. We were were talking about... (laughs) um, I was saying, like, um, something about, like, why is it that people, rich kids, can't just be humble and be grateful and happy because they are rich and they've had nothing but things given to them and they've had nothing but opportunity. Mm -hmm. And, like, why wouldn't that make them better people? And I was like... You are, like, leaving out a whole factor, which is human nature. I was like, like, also, like, just the fact that perspective is everything. Mm -hmm. I think of, like, a toddler when you give them an ice pop and then they ask for a second one. And you're like, you can't have a second one. It's going to ruin your dinner. And they go crazy. Yeah. Like, they lose it. They are crying. They're screaming. They're throwing themselves on the floor. They're having a tantrum. Because to them... That is the most important thing that's happening mm-hmm. right now. Like, not nothing else matters. Exactly. Like, just the fact that they can't have that second ice pop. And damn the fact that you let them have the first one. <laughs> like, there's no memory of that anymore. Mm-hmm. There's only 
I can't have this second one. Yeah. And that's what becomes so important to them. That is the most important thing in their world. That's what their entire focus is on. I was like, so that's the same when you tell Billy he can't have a Range Rover because he doesn't take care of his things well. Mm -hmm. So you will buy him a $40,000 car. And he goes crazy. And he's like, I hate your guts. You always do this to me. You hold me back. You don't give me anything. You don't love me. And like, and it's just like, it's so hyperbolic, but... I understand where it comes from. I think it seems like it's hard too to have a um to grow up in a uh place an environment where you are blessed with abundance but mm-hmm. that you have a a healthy relationship to abundance and where you fit into that especially if you didn't have to work for it. You know because if you yeah, if you grow up with money and grow up having everything give to you there are some people who can realize what that's like right. and, and and how appreciative and how lucky they are. It doesn't mean that they don't have issues and that mm-hmm. even issues about their relationship with money. But I think that it always seems hard to do. It always seems hard. How do you teach someone that? Yeah, but it's their parents. Like, no. how, how like raise your kids right. That's true. Like, raise but, them to not be pieces of shit. But then how do you... Because, you know, you think of... I always think about... I'm thinking about kids who have relationships with money and maybe they... I guess it's hard. Yeah, maybe it'll go. I won't go into that. Well, because we started the conversation, we were watching Fixer Upper, mm-hmm. and I was saying like their kids seem like they're good kids. Yeah, and I was like, they clearly don't struggle for anything, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, but I think the fact that they grow, like their parents, clearly make a lot of money from these shows and the work that they do, and they they own so much stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I said, but I think because they're growing up on a farm, yeah, that it makes a difference because I'm pretty sure they have to like clean cow poop mm-hmm. and you know like feed the chickens and just they have responsibilities yes. and there are expectations of them to fulfill their responsibilities and I said I think that just comes from growing up on a farm yeah like you just you have ethic. to work right you yeah. have to work um and because obviously if the kids want bikes and video games and stuff like that their parents are going to give it to them mm-hmm. and they can but I was like even when they they tell them stuff and they always say like yes sir and yes ma'am mm-hmm. and I was like I mean they live in Texas yes yeah, like yeah. southern Texas manners, but I was like, their kids, even they're on TV and their parents are on TV. But I was like, they seem like they're good kids, mm-hmm. and it's because now their parents are raising them and teaching them a sense of responsibility. And I think that's hard. I think that's hard to give you, not hard to give your kids, even parents who don't have any money. There's a lot of parents who they, they struggle and their parents don't have their manners. I think the difference is they will say, I know how to appreciate it all because they just. We're used to not getting the things, those extra things. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get everything they needed. Maybe they don't. But they aren't used to living in abundance. So then they have a different, uh, not appreciate, a different view of money. But those are different things. They're not necessarily talking about a relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Like, you think, could, like, their kids couldn't have all kinds of, like, exactly. like appreciation for hard work and still be bad with their money. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think what I'm saying, yeah, I think what it is is that sometimes you have people who have money and then they have children who didn't earn that money, I think sometimes they tend to sort of think about, okay, well, how am I going to raise my kid? I think there's this thing of, how am I going to raise my child, who maybe I didn't grow up with money, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that they appreciate everything that they're given and know that they're placed in the world and that they're people who go without, versus the people who were without, they don't need to know that lesson. You know what I'm saying? They don't need to, it doesn't necessarily mean, and you're not saying this, I think it's just this, this thing of you have to teach your children how to be good people. And right. that can be be lacking in very poor families and very rich families. Those those values of how to be good citizens of society and, and to be a human human being, I think. Does that make sense? 
A little bit. A little I'm bit. like, okay. I'm not really sure how it tied into what we were talking about. All right, okay, all right. Like, well, it wasn't that what you said didn't make sense. I'm just not sure what it had to do with what I we guess, talking about. I guess I see it. To me in my head, it kind of makes sense. But I saw your face, and I'm like, no. Maybe to no one it'll make any sense. But someone will go, I, I feel you. I understand what he's talking no, about. No, Stanley, we're canceling you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> do not cancel us. Yes. Subscribe. Rate us. Rate us. And everywhere you listen to podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to drop us a line yes. if you are so inclined at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram, Black Hipster Podcast. Um, Follow each of us individually. I can be found at Standard W. You can be found, my darling. At Always Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. And I am going to start promoting, like, events and stuff. I just did a talk at ColorCom on Mm -hmm. Wednesday, and it was awesome. Um, I think there is going to be a part two. It was Beauty and Diversity. And it was, ooh, child, it was a talk. Mm -hmm. So I think they are going to do a part two. Um, so, yeah, I will definitely be doing more plugs. My apologies to ColorCom, um, for not plugging that one, but I did post it on my Instagram, so anybody who follows me on Instagram, um, knows where they can go for these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I need to go and catch up on Drag Race. Yes, she does. And I think you need to go and catch up on Sleep. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, (laughs) then. So, um, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you.